Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. a girl named Muriel. Muriel! Muriel. Muriel. Are you Muriel Heslop? No. All she ever dreamed about was getting married. Looks like I'm next. There was only one thing missing. A groom. No one's ever going to marry you. You've never even had a boyfriend. Muriel's on the doll. You never wear the right clothes. You mental case! You keep away from us! But before she can find a future... I'm going to be a success, Mum. I'm going to get married and I'm going to be a success. She has to find herself. You are wicked! Well, stick with me because I'm wicked too. Welcome to Rewatchability. We're the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is... Robert Larone. I thought you were going to do some funny accent or something for this one. What do you mean? That is my accent. That was a tribute to Australian actors doing impeccable American accents. Oh, so you were impersonating an Australian doing a Canadian accent. Yeah. That is, that is, that's great. That's just like... That sounded really Canadian. Thank you. <laughs> that was very good. I trained at the Melbourne Studio of Acting for seven years. <laughs> Awesome. Along with uh, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. That's very that's very good. This week on Rewatchability, we are doing a Patreon suggestion. Yes. More of a demand. <laughs> well, or he... ho- ransom? Hostage? Oh, I think Michael's requested very nicely. This is him requesting the movie this week. Please do Muriel's Wedding. It's one of my mum's favorite movies. So thank you, Michael, for that. But before we get into Muriel's wedding or Mario's wedding, I don't know. Yeah, if, yeah it's it's confusing. It's hard, but also because of the Australian accent, <laughs> it's very it, hard. It's, it's, who is knows? there a difference? Yeah. I don't know. We want to thank our our Patreon subscribers, like Michael, like Michael, who requested this movie through Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com/slash/rewatchability, and you can get the podcast a few days early mm-hmm. without ads. Which is great. You don't no have to, ads. You, you can just put the podcast on and no skipping around. Fuck consumerism. Yeah, man. Except for if you had to listen to the ads, in which case, buy that stuff. Yeah, exactly. They're really great to us, so thank you so much. And you can also get uh, full episodes of the podcast and stuff like that on patreon.com slash rewatchability. You can also suggest what we watch, like Muriel's Wedding. Yeah. So, Rob, when was the first time you saw Muriel's Wedding? I had never seen Muriel's Wedding. No, it's because it's it's a it's an Australian movie. 
It came out in 1994 when we were watching like action movies and stuff. Well, I, uh, don't don't give me oh, my I'm, excuses. I'm I'm pigeonholing you, Rob. What? I mean, I should have seen this movie because for a while I dated somebody who whose family was Australian. That's the connection. Yeah, whose family was Australian? They weren't Australian. Well, I mean, she was born in Canada, but her dad was like full on Australian. So I feel like I got a lot of Australian culture by. Osmosis. Okay, that you've just been waiting years to say that. <laughs> it's been thirteen years. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> I've been perfecting that pun. So I'd heard of Muriel's wedding, yeah, because it was spoken with like a sort of reverence. Because this was like this is, I think, other than Crocodile Dundee, mm-hmm. which we sort of mentioned, Australia's greatest cultural export, film-wise. Right. You know, they have a lot of great musicians, ACDC. Yeah. Well. Whoever sang We Come From a Land Down Under. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Outback Boys. I'm going to say that's their name. (laughs) But other than (laughs) Crocodile Dundee, the Yahoo serious movies, there wasn't a lot of Australian cinema that made it over here. And in fact, this movie, I know, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. So it did have a little bit of an inroads here in Mm. North America and all over the world, despite me not having seen it. Right. Yeah, I'm in the same camp that this was one of those Australian movies that was up there with Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. That's really great, too, and was filmed at the same time. I saw that with my Australian girl. I mean, she wasn't Australian, but we watched that. <laughs> Did you watch it with her Australian family? No. Okay. <laughs> Talked about gender norms in Australia and stuff? No? That wasn't no. the conversation you wanted to have. In Australia, there's only two genders, Bowie Knife and no Bowie Knife. <laughs> <laughs> so you've played Bowie Knife Spoonie before. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't seen this movie either, but I knew of it and I knew that it was on the shelf next to, you know, Movie, like rom- My Best Friend's Wedding? Right. Well, which is another P.J. Hogan film. Right. So it, it, was, it was a rom-com, and I knew that, and I wasn't very much into rom-coms back then. But I knew that people were talking about it, but it was mainly my mom's friends. So I didn't, you know, it wasn't a movie that I really right. wanted. Yeah. If your mom was into it, you would have been, okay, now I will dutifully watch this like the good son that I am. Exactly. But I don't care about your stupid friends, <laughs> Cheryl and... Tavis. Tavis. I don't know. There's Who names bunch... their, their kid Tavis in the, in the 60s? <laughs> There's a bunch of weird names. you got to think these names through. Australian names are, are sort Tavis. of strange, you know? <laughs> what are they, a phone booth that you can travel through dimensions in? Tavis. <laughs> <laughs> so they come I from a family of time-traveling phone booths. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. So I had never seen this movie either, but I'm glad Michael suggested it. I'm, I'm glad we get to right. to watch it. But this is one of the maybe the first movies that n- no one on rewatchability has, has seen maybe before. Um, possibly. I think there's maybe one or two other ones. But I think this is a really – snuck by. <laughs> this is a really great opportunity to do a little bit of cultural exchange. Right. Like we'll talk about Muriel's Wedding and maybe an Australian podcast can talk about <laughs> – Going down the road or <laughs> the littlest Highway <hobo>. 61. <laughs> yeah, sure. Tracy Fragments. No. Okay, yeah, no one wants to talk Pick about Pick a good that. Bruce McDonald movie, <laughs> please. Um, so do you want to give the audience a little rundown under of what this movie... So Muriel's Wedding, it is about Muriel, 
It starts at a wedding, but it is not her wedding. No. It is her friend's wedding. She is there. She is dressed all sort of tackily. In leopard print. Yeah. Kind of the, the kind of 90s where you put your t- – like the bottom of your T-shirt through the top of your T-shirt kind of, you know, self-made bikini thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, That's really hard to describe, by the way. It's not really wedding appropriate. No. 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 But – She's at this wedding with her friends who but don't I, really seem to like her. But I think that's why we like her immediately is because it's not wedding appropriate. And everyone kind of like – I don't know how many weddings you've been to, Rob, but ne- – I've never been to a you've wedding. You've never been to a wedding. That Okay. <laughs> I'll take that at face value. Uh, having seen you at my own. What I, are you talking about? I, I don't know why you, you didn't consider that a wedding, but – You guys went through with that? <laughs> yeah. You, you drank it's early a- and hard, so you didn't actually see the – Oh, uh, okay. The... Now I'm starting to remember a few things. <laughs> I should make some apologies. <laughs> yeah, you should write me an apology card. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we all kind of, you know, wanted – it's – it's like a funeral. It's like right. anything. Weddings that- are awful, and so anybody who flies in the face of those terrible norms is a hero. Yeah, I mean they're an institution, so I think you want to kind of poke a few holes in the institution, and but so she-, she does, and we like her for it. I think. Well, but she loves weddings. She's obsessed with weddings. We find out later. Mm-hmm. Her big ambition is to get married to some rich, handsome man, so he can take her out of the shithole little town that she lives in, Porpoise Spit. <laughs> Were you just and- swearing at me? No, that's the name of the town. All yeah. Right. yeah. No. Porpoise spit. Seriously. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know how to do that on the radio. <laughs> it's like, ah, gah, gah, gah. I don't, is that what it would sound like? Now, porpoises and dolphins are different, right? Yeah. I think they I think they are. I think there's some taxonomy difference between them. Would it be better if she came from dolphin spit? I, <laughs> dolphins are like a step horrible. Up? Yeah. What about porpoises? I don't know. I presume porpoises are worse than dolphins. Just because their name is worth is worse. Yeah. Worf. <laughs> Worf. <laughs> You're gonna really gonna get those <laughs> Star Trek marine puns. Oh yeah, sure. Just falling apart on rewatchability today. So she wants to get married so badly. Her friends are awful. Yeah, I mean she she catches the bouquet and they want her to give it back or throw it against because. They say that she doesn't have a chance to actually get married. Exactly. Yeah. That's... They're they're horrible. They're they're mean people. They're the queen bee in like her entourage or kind of thing. They're honest. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They're just awful. <laughs> that, that, that would be an awful thing to admit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we see a little bit of her life in Porpoise Spit. She well, is is rested. Blame. At this wedding, which is uh, which is just a... another day <laughs> in the life of Muriel. But she gets carted off home because one of the the store uh, detective is at this wedding too. It's a pretty small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that I mean, I didn't see that coming. No, it's a real big coincidence. But also, like, it looks like she stole that dress from maybe like a Salvation Army or something. Not like a real store. Yeah, no, totally. I mean. We see later that her mom steals something, too, way later, and that same store detective is there. And it looks like a, a grocery store that they're in. Like, it doesn't even look like anything that would sell clothes. Yeah, like, I question what this woman's obsession is with the Heslop family. <laughs> like, she's following them around. She wasn't even invited to that wedding. She's like a freelance store detective going from store to, <laughs> to- store <laughs> to catching people. Yeah. Well, yeah. she says, like, she's the one that got away. <laughs> Doesn't she? 
<laughs> She's the one that got away. Doesn't a tear like... falling from her eye. Can I step aside, please? That's her. Miss, we'd like to have a word to you about your dress. What's wrong with it? You stole it. I saw you. Give me your work number, and if she can't turn up a receipt, I can call you for a statement. Ask for Diane, senior store detective. Mind your head, please. I'm so pleased. I had the perfect arrest record until I lost her and boys wear. How'd you actually be here? I didn't. I'm the groom's cousin. Doesn't she, like, put her leg up and, like, pull up her pant and, like, show her scars? You're like, this one was from somebody running with a box of Tim Tams. <laughs> I stepped in a bear trap. <laughs> I had to cut off my own leg. <laughs> That's my paltry Australian accent. Do they have bears in Australia? I guess it would be a kangaroo trap or maybe a fast-moving koala trap. I don't know. Thank you. Okay. So her life sucks. Her dad is a corrupt city counselor in this small crappy town, and he treats his whole family like crap, including his mom and Mm -hmm. the rest of her family. I mean – they're all kind of what we in Canada call like, well, not derisively and derogatorily. They're real, man. <laughs> they're townies. They're you know. Yeah. They're I, yeah. Do they? Do we call people townies here? Yeah. Well, that's I got called a townie when I lived in Kingston. Jesus. Yeah. By the kids at Queens, be like, ah, you fucking townie. Well, they just, <laughs> they weren't Australian. I think that <laughs> just... people from Queens were just trying to pretend that they were like Canada's Harvard, right? You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. While setting cars mediocre on mediocre Will Hunting, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Bill Hunter is the dad, and he's like one of Australia's like biggest actors. I would say is he? Yeah, he's been in everything. Is he in Crocodile Dundee? I guess he's not in Crocodile Dundee. But he's in everything else in Australia. He's been in 119 things on IMDb. That wasn't that was one of my trivia questions. That was wow. I'm just writing them <laughs> off right now. Oh yeah, there's this weird thing where her mean friends all plan to go on this island vacation, mm-hmm. and I guess it's like the honeymoon, but the guy isn't there. So the the wife finds out that her newlywed husband has been getting head from someone else, and so like on their wedding night, she finds lipstick on his, right. on his penis. Yeah, and yeah. so. Yeah, so they all go on this island tropical vacation without Muriel. Yeah, but Muriel has seen what happened, and what happened was her best friend was was the the culprit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she steals a bunch of money from her dad. He, like, writes her a blank check for cosmetics. She's just gotten a job as, like, a cosmetic saleswoman, like like an Amway sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so he has to give her a bunch of money to buy the supplies. And so he writes her a blank check. Check. And if you've listened to our podcast on the movie Blank Check, you know with a blank check, oh. you can do anything. Yeah, it's just rife for comedy. Yeah. So, so she writes like $12,000 and, mm-hmm. you know, goes down to this island vacation and basically invites herself. Yeah, it's a little single white female thing going on. She's stalking these, these women. Yeah. Uh, and then she sees Brenda from Six Feet Under. Yes. And Rachel Griffiths is so awesome. I was so happy to see her in this movie. Me too. I was like, ah, oh, this is this is great. I got so much more interested in the movie. Tony Collette was doing a great job, first of all. Oh yeah. Before this. Tony Collette's amazing. Tony Collette is amazing. And as again, Muriel. Tony Collette talked about by Australians with reverence. <laughs> yes, exactly. Know? Yeah. She's the one who showed the world that Australians could act before the Kidmans, mm-hmm. before the Watts. 
The Hem- Hemsworths? Hemsworths. Yeah. The I'm- Jackmans? Oh, yeah. Don't forget about the Jackmans. Yeah. There's only one Jackman, but it's kind of like there are so many Jackmans. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> it's it's like the prestige. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's I clawing just, his way to the top with those adamantium things. I just assumed that he had other brothers who were identical but could do like one part of the triple threat. <laughs> and he, so he has to do like a little charade every time he's in like a boy from Oz situation. He's like, go out there and dance with last thing from the rafters. Yeah. <laughs> Just mouthing the words while one of his other brothers sings from behind the curtain. <laughs> and then you just hear, shlink! It's like, ah, shit, wrong time, wrong movie! <laughs> oh, always way of these. <laughs> his wife is just like, I have to date every all three of you? What is this? It's Come because- on, three Hugh Jackmans? I know. What woman wouldn't want that? Just so many Hughes of Jackmans. <laughs> so there are a lot of Australia. I think it's akin to Canada. Where we don't have dynasties that, that move to the States, but we have so many American actors are Canadian. Yeah. You know, Jim Carrey. The difference is is that our actors aren't good looking. <laughs> they are ugly. Why were you t- They're funny. They're very funny because they've had to be because of their tragic, disgusting What visage. are you talking about? Rick Moranis? <laughs> oh, I kind of see it now. I mean, yeah. in... In Canada, Rick Moranis is a Ted. <laughs> well, He's definitely. a Toronto Ted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one <laughs> one buck of beer in, and you're gonna you're gonna go home with a Moranis <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be one lucky hoser. <laughs> <laughs> but in Australia, believe it or not, Rick Moranis only a nine. <laughs> Because they just have so many Hemsworths, people oh, who are 9.5s and yeah. 9.75s. <laughs> How much is of, of a hem is he worth, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not much in Australia. No. Not much. On this island vacation, her and Rachel Griffiths, her, the character's name is Rhonda, mm-hmm. they reconnect and they have a lot of fun. They were grade school uh, friends, right, with these other girls. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. And, you know, because they have been mean to Muriel, Rhonda sort of puts it back in their faces and is mean to them. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, we love her. Go Brenda from Six Feet Under. <laughs> I totally didn't know that she was Australian. No, it she's blew my mind. Yeah, her accent's flawless on Six Feet Under. But now, like, the weird thing is once you see somebody in their natural accent, it's hard to watch them. Using their oh, like, on accent, right? So you're afraid of doing a, a six feet under rewatch. I, I I would love to, but yeah, it would probably be totally implausible. <laughs> I don't understand. Why is she holding that didgeridoo? <laughs> <laughs> Boomeranging things to get them. It's so obvious now. <laughs> <laughs> she calls everything a schwazwager. <laughs> Why would she do that? Is that a real Australian term, or are you just being insulting? All I know from Australia is from The Simpsons. So. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> this God. Is, I think that's what happens with The Simpsons is that they did a Toronto episode. That's, all people know of Toronto is from that Yeah, one, but so. that wasn't in, like, the good season, so nobody cares. Right. That's fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, they do, a, they do a big dance. Muriel is also obsessed with, with ABBA, so they do a, a dance to ABBA. Well yeah. choreographed. Waterloo. To Waterloo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really funny. It's, I mean, it has like a sense of joy. That's what I was going to say. It's very joyous. In it. And there's something about 
the way that these two women are friends. It's like a female friendship. What? I don't. I, I've seen a lot of movies, so I don't understand, especially from the 80s and 90s, so I can't understand that. Okay, well, you know how, like, like guys can be friends. Like, you okay. and I, we're not friends, but... Okay, yeah, yeah, fair. You know, like, we, we act like we are for sure. the audience. Yeah. Like, what if women could just be friends with each other, and you could make a movie about that? Well, I mean, there's Thelma and Louise... But they 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 kill they I guess they yeah. rob people together right yeah so, well, I mean that's a part of female friendship that's a partnership you have yeah. to you have to rob some people kill a few men right <laughs> yeah yeah look at a few Brad Pitts yeah and then that's how you be that's how you become friends yeah uh, but yeah this is refreshing in the nineties I think because the eighties were so kind of violent and male oriented I mean honestly it's refreshing now <laughs> true. Like, they have a lot of fun, and you're just like, yeah, I wish I had a Rhonda. Yeah, and it's it feels it feels very true to the characters. It feels very true to to. I mean, I'm a male, so I I, I don't you have, have no friends. I have no I have no friends. I just have podcast fake ships. Yep. You know, but yeah, I I feel like it's true to to what that is because it is complex like a friendship, but it is something that they both need and want and. In later movies like Bridesmaids and stuff, that it feels almost like – Bridesmaids at times felt like it was trying to be a gross-out comedy to rival some of the like the right. male gross-out comedies. For sure. And this was just itself and it didn't try to be anything else and I loved that uh, yeah. about it. It's not reacting to no. something. And like they're not friends because some guy was mean to Muriel. It was because no. women were mean to Muriel. <laughs> yes. True. And yeah. that makes us men look better. <laughs> it still was directed by P.J. Hogan and written by P.J. Hogan. Right. So Paul Hogan as a director. <laughs> right. Not Paul Hogan. What? I'm sure his name was Paul. He just had to change it to P.J. because he He's was like, like Crocky. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> so he changed his name and became a, a good director. Are you related to Mick Dundee? Ah, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm leaving this country. Going back to my own. Uh, yeah, I'm going to become a chimney sweep soon in my accent. So it's just evolving. But what happens is Muriel goes home from this vacation and her dad's caught on. Yeah, she's in trouble. Her- and so she like turns around and gets back in the cab. <laughs> That's my favorite scene. It's so good. Her mom's like, did you steal $12,000? And she's like, I left something in the cab. <laughs> and then leaves again. She goes to Sydney with Brenda and... Rhonda. Rhonda. So Rachel. Close, Rachel. So far. It's she, all her names. And she changes her name. She's yeah. decided she's going to be a whole different person in Sydney. I mean, this is what happens when you move to the city from a small provincial town. Yeah. You change your whole identity. <laughs> wait, wait. Rob, is your my real... name's Robert? <laughs> Did you say Robert? Yeah, that's a horrible name. I'm so glad you changed it. <laughs> right, Robert. And I'm living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you could have never used a condom without someone laughing at you. It would have been bad. Anyway, well, I've never used a condom because I've never been on a date. Oh, that's that's great. You know, you don't have to put on a condom to go on a date. Oh, it's not like a it's not like a preventative thing. You don't. Oh, okay. I don't know why I turned all those women down. <laughs> I just didn't have a condom on me. <laughs> oh man, 
<laughs> I gotta make some calls. I'm trying to figure out. My Australian out. girlfriend. I'm, try- I'm trying to. She wasn't Australian. I'm trying to figure out how that worked, and I the the pictures I'm getting in my mind are freaking me out. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, because Muriel has not had any success in her life she has not yeah. up until this point but now that she's living in the city away from home she's gonna make it happen she's going out with Rhonda every night yeah. Rhonda's bringing home guys two guys at a time yeah yeah you know and it's a, and it's a nice little rom-com where the, this, this woman's finally finding herself and the friendship is growing and then I don't think you know what rom-com means that means between like a romantic Comedy. This is like a platcom. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes the term platcom. That sounds like an or that sounds like a company that's gonna invent AI. <laughs> platcom. <laughs> All bow down to platcom. <laughs> no, she. Uh, it's it's a rom com because they're seeking at least Muriel seeking romantic relationships but it is a comedy as well and just because it turns out to be like a friend like a, a platcom in the fuck in the end doesn't mean that it's not a rom-com i'm gonna disagree with you okay and i know that you fancy yourself an expert or you're in love with rom-coms but this movie doesn't have any of the tropes of a rom-com it doesn't what are you have talking? there's a wedding what are you talking it doesn't have a meet cute it so does have a meet cute it has two meet cutes, in in fact, three meet cutes because okay. there's oh. there's there's one with uh, with Rhonda. They already knew each other. I, that's a re well. That's kind of like saying the last meet cute in when Harry met Sally isn't a meet cute. That whole movie's just meet cutes. The meet cute is the first thing. You only have one meet cute. The rest is like a reacquaintance cute. I'm just coining terms. <laughs> I'm like Shakespeare. <laughs> Someone write these down. He's a genius. <laughs> Call me TV tropes. <laughs> but then she has one in in the video store with the kid that wants to go out with her. Yes. And well, then she has another with the swimmer whom she eventually marries. Okay. I don't think any of those are meet cutes. A meet cute is when you're like walking down the hall and like you drop your books and then you bend down and somebody bends down at the same time. You pump your head and you fall in love. <laughs> So both people have to be bent over. There has to be some sort of brain trauma involved. <laughs> At least that's how it's worked for us so far in our lives. <laughs> no, but I, I, I would say that the moment where the gentleman, Bryce, mm-hmm. asks her out while the she's gentleman. working at the yeah. video store isn't a meet cute. It's a nice moment. It's good for them. But it's not really cute. It's just he he asks her out. He's awkward, and he's like, "Hi, right, you want to go on a date with me?" <laughs> that so sounds like Michael Caine. Yeah, it kind of sounds like Michael Caine. Um, <laughs> Would you like to go on a date with Michael Caine? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you only sixteen years old? But never mind. Never mind. Card number ninety-two. Bryce Nobes. You take out a lot of videos. Do I? You should join our video addicts club. It's for people who take out too many videos. Too many? You know, a lot. (laughs) Get a dollar off every new release. Do you want to go out with me? You know, on a date? What? (laughs) It's okay, you can say it. I don't mind. (laughs) Video drama. It's me. I still can't find any blokes for us tomorrow night. 
Even Tiny's busy and his legs in cast. I've got one. Anyway, the weird thing that happens in this movie is this movie takes a hard left turn very fast because Brenda, no. Rhonda. Rhonda, Rachel. Uh, help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. Well, Rhonda's asking for help in this scene. She falls down and can't feel her legs. Right. And this is like the moment where Muriel is finally going to fucking get some. Yeah, exactly. And she's kind of like surrounded by penises at this point because the two of the, two of the men have run into the room that uh, that Rhonda was seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they go to the hospital. A bit much for your first time. <laughs> yeah. You want to start with one penis. Work your way up. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. yeah. But – she falls down and it seems like she says she can't move her legs and it's yeah. very like out of nowhere and you're like what and they're they're still all laughing so it's like oh this must be like you know can't hardly wait like i can't feel my legs like he's just drunk so much you yeah. know but then uh, she has a tumor yeah a cancerous tumor in her spine that they have to operate on yeah it's 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 a hard left turn in this movie Ah, yeah. Sometimes life gives you a hard left turn, Blaine. <laughs> That's true. So you're saying this movie is very realistic. It's very lifelike. It's very realistic and lifelike. Except for the dance sequences. Nobody dances. <laughs> not in my, not in my and, life. And nobody likes ABBA. Uh, nobody liked ABBA. But we'll talk about that in the in the kind of behind the scenes of this movie. Okay, so the rest of this movie, just really quickly. Muriel is obsessed with weddings still and basically spends all of her time trying on dresses and even uses her sick friend as an excuse to, like, get people's sympathy. And and to get Polaroids to, like, make a wedding book yeah. of her trying on dresses. It's, yeah. It's, it's a little fucked. Troubling. Yeah. Yeah. And then she falls into this scheme to marry a South African swimmer. Yes. So that he can get his Australian citizenship? Yeah, and he kind of doesn't know what kind of person would marry without love. And she's like, well, you did. And he's like, that's because I want something so bad. And she's like, I did too. And so we kind of like understand her in that moment. And I really love that moment uh, in yeah. terms of her character. She she wanted a wedding as bad as he wanted a medal. And I think that we we kind of look down on her a lot for that because we're like, well, fall in love and do that. But yeah. she didn't have that option. So she she wanted something she couldn't have and went for it. And I, I really respected her at that point in the movie when she said that. Yeah. I thought it was great. But then, as you mentioned, her mom gets caught shoplifting and – she gets arrested, and then very shortly after, she passes away. And it's revealed to be a suicide. The dad yeah. has been cheating on her with this this woman that keeps on coming into the Chinese food place where they eat. Yeah. I mean, we've known that from the beginning of yeah. the movie. Yeah, exactly. It's just really – it's really sad. Like, I had a lot of feeling for the mom. I really felt that too. And she like – uh, she keeps on getting the one of her kids to try to mow the lawn in the back, but like her kids are just deadbeats. They won't listen to her, and no one listens to her. And then I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> and, I'm gonna mow that lawn. And she burns the the lawn down. Yeah. And, uh, before she takes all the pills and commits suicide, it's like this kind of final fuck you to to the fact that she had no impact on on her family. And it's just it's the saddest thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty messed up mm-hmm. uh, and pretty dark for like this movie where yeah. most of it is scored by Waterloo. <laughs> Couldn't escape if I wanted to. I think they play it at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> she does the dance in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then at, at, at the funeral, Muriel breaks down and the swimmer, David, actually sort of, he consoles her and they have like a With real... With his penis. Yeah. Well, 
That's true. The best way to console somebody. That's not. It's not true, Rob. <laughs> it's not true. Glenn, you seem upset. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm fine. I'm fine. Stay away from funerals, okay? But she finally gets everything she wanted. She's married, but now it seems like you know they might have an actual emotional connection, kind of, mm-hmm. and. She's gotten some peen. <laughs> some peen, V, finally. But the next morning, she tells him that she wants a divorce, that she's taken a hard look at her life, and she wants to make some real changes. And so... Well, they're not in love, and she wants to find that love. And she, no. is, she is in love with someone. She has love for someone, and that someone is her friend who she's abandoned to their childhood bullies yeah. back at home. Yeah, she's had to move back to Porpoise Bed, and yeah, Rhonda has, yeah, yeah, and the like. Mean girls are visiting her, and then Muriel comes and says, "Hey, we're gonna move back to Sydney." And then Rhonda's like, "See ya, C S word, C S word, Peters, suckers." Oh, we can she say, calls them cocksuckers. Yeah, like we—it's it's, explicit—it's an explicit show. Well, yeah, but I don't—I don't, you know. Yeah, but I think it's part of the movie that I, really hits, and I—I I, I sure. love that part of the movie. I mean, it's we a word—it's a word that has fallen out of fashion. True. And in the 1990s, it was, you know, it was a very hard word for somebody to use as the final line in a movie. <laughs> True. True, yeah. And then they get in a cab, they go to the airport, and they're just they're just saying goodbye to everything. And, and they're going to live their lives, and they're going to be fine, because they're together. Yeah. And they have a beautiful life, probably. I'm, I'm, or I'm they'll, sure. like, hate each other in three months and, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mural find her own place, a basement apartment, and uh, more wedding dresses. Mural's wedding, too. Yeah, where she has to, like, kill someone to take their place in their own wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. You Get sure? on it, PJ Hogan. <laughs> well, he did kind of make a Muriel, too, but we're going to talk about that after this break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Rewatchability. We're doing a listener's suggestion of Muriel's wedding. We're going to do a little bit of trivia, Rob. I do. I, <laughs> that was my only question. Uh, we shall now leave the podcast <laughs> and go on a podcast this honeymoon, which is just anywhere I hope I out of Rachel a Rachel Griffiths. <laughs> you Again. Will. You will. Okay, so which actor or actress on Muriel's wedding couldn't for the life of Wait, them. aren't women who act also actors? They are. They are. I just didn't want you to think Why that I was only talking about lesser. the men. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, man. My, my drama teacher in high school. You're canceled. Blaine's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> he suggested that we call actors actrons so that they were sexless, like, automatons. And I was like, yeah, it's because you like directing. That's the only reason you want to. you don't want to see actors as people. Actrons. So which actor 
Full stop. On Miro's wedding. Couldn't remember their lines. Life of them. Tony Collette. This was her second movie, Rob. She loved her lines. She memorized them. She was she was off book very, very early. The the guy who could remember his lines, Bill Hunter, her dad, could not he was on Priscilla Queen of the Desert at the same time. So wow. he was flying back and forth. And that was a movie that he liked way more, apparently. So he only memorized <laughs> his lines for that movie and then came to set and did seventy takes. This one's gonna be a hit. <laughs> yeah. It's got men's dressing like women's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand it because I'm an old fart, but... Uh... <laughs> Pay is good. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that because the woman who played the the woman he cheated on his wife with, I think her name was Sophie Lee or something, she did this kind of tell-all about the movie and how difficult it was for her working with him. Whoa. Uh, and a little how difficult it was working with Tony Collette, too. What? Yeah. Shut your mouth. I know. I think that... Who is this woman? I we don't care. <laughs> I kind of I didn't like her this take on hussy. it. This <laughs> hussy. This homewrecker. No, let's, let, yeah, I guess her character was, yeah. She said she found it hard to get work after because everyone didn't like her from her work on this movie because they felt like that she was a homewrecker, that she uh, was her character. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I think that it might have just been because she badmouthed everyone that worked on Muriel's wedding. So it could be that. No one wanted to work with her for a little while. People do have a tendency to associate bad characters with being the actors being bad people. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Another Australian, the, the guy, Mr. Smith, Agent Smith from The Matrix. Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Yeah, he only played bad characters for a little while. And drag queens. <laughs> drag queens, yeah. We should do Priscilla Queen oh, of the Desert. Oh, we should. That would be Why nice. Why haven't we? That would be nice. Yeah, I think I watched that with like my mom, my godfather. A long time. Anyway, we should nice. do that. Yeah, that would be good. Okay, second question. Tony faced what problem? This is a weird one, so we might not have this on the final podcast. But Tony faced what problem when they moved the shoot date of the ABBA Waterloo dancing scene. Tony Collette faced what problem when yeah. they moved the Waterloo dancing scene? Yeah. She was, you know, I don't know. She was in a terrible car accident and she needed to get her entire face reconstructed. No, that's a great guess, though. That happened the, the following week. But this, she tells this, this story about the worst moment on set and... I'll just let her tell it. What's your question? Um, it's for Tony. Okay. What was your favorite and least favorite memory from making Muriel's wedding? Mm. Oh, man, that's a long time ago. Um, I remember, okay, this is probably my least favorite. <clears throat> well, apart from I had to eat so much. I had to put on so much weight to play that beautiful girl. Um, but I remember they changed the shooting date. My period was due. <laughs> <laughs> And I had to wear that white, very tight white suit to do the Waterloo dance. And they yes. changed it. But my period jumped and just went with it. Oh, so it no. That was confronting. That was confronting. He's a female problem. Yes, female they problem. are. Wow. And um, I guess the most, I mean, the whole shoot, honestly, yeah. was a delicious experience. Yes. It absolutely changed my life. But when we were making it, I had no idea that there was even going to be an audience because it was my amazing? second movie and I was just having yeah. fun. I was having a great, I was having wow. the time of my life. Period. <laughs> what? Oh, as a man, I can't deal with this. What is this? 
We can't talk about that on no. rewatchability. Why are we even talking about this movie? I feel no offense, Michael, but I feel like you should have suggested this to a couple of lady podcasters. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think we're we're do- I, I don't know. I think we're doing an okay job. Yeah, but yeah, I think we might have had a lady on. Could not have- somebody have went and got her some. Sanitary. Pads. I don't understand. I, I don't. I. I don't I, understand. I'm not sure what the Australian situation is. I feel like I'm talking about some obscure science, like quantum theory, and we're trying to like make inferences, and I we don't understand the math. That's that's what it feels like. <laughs> okay, so third and final question. Which this one's for all the points. You can you can win right now. This is double or nothing. So which character in Muriel's wedding was based off of P.J. Hogan's? Sister. I'm going to say Muriel. And you'd be right. You win. This is. What do I win? A trip to Australia? No, no, nothing. You win nothing. What do you mean? What? No, you you didn't. You don't really deserve anything. You didn't do. You didn't do anything. I answered your questions. Yeah, but there was no. There was no action involved. You you have to like do something in order to get a reward. I did the research. (laughs) I did the (laughs) research. Damn it, Rob. Okay, so uh, Muriel was based off of his sister, Muriel. Uh, Didn't even change the name. His sister stole money from their dad using a blank check. Oh, my God. And convinced their mom to to give it to her. She has a lot in common with Muriel. And I, I feel like we're in a clip show now. But I have another clip of him talking about one of the final times he and her sister and her dad were all together. I said, well, look, I'm on my way up to Sydney. I was going up to direct some, a TV show. She said, we'll meet at the airport. And I said, okay. You know, I'll wait at the top of uh, the escalator. So I get off the plane in Sydney, waiting at the top of the escalator, and who should walk into the airport but my dad? He's there peering at the ICAC inquiries where he's been charged with corruption. My mouth drops open. He gets onto the escalator. He hasn't seen me. And my sister walks in right after him. They don't see each other. They're coming up the escalator, you know, three feet apart, separated by two or three people. And my dad sees me and he says, you know, PJ. Of course, I'm at the airport. He, is, he doesn't comment on that. PJ, did you, you heard the story about, about Muriel? Uh, and I'm staring. My sister is like <laughs> waving at me and I'm going, what? I, I couldn't. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then my sister steps up, smiles at me. And then looks and then sees Dad's face. He says, Muriel, where's that money? And she, to this day, thinks I set her up. And why wouldn't you? This was a great big intervention. And she just said, I loved her. And she said, I'll spend it. Wow. So basically, PJ Hogan did nothing and just transcribed his life into final draft. I mean, the dad character is based on his dad too, and it comes off really badly in this movie. Yeah, but like, yeah, the corruption charges and everything—that was real, apparently. I mean, it's a good story. Yeah, it's but it's weird to wrap like a rom-com around it. Again, sorry, platcom, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, it's it's just this is the weird. The weird thing, but that's. I feel bad for his sister, though. Like yeah. the real Muriel. I mean, granted, not everybody has an award-winning movie. Oh, like after director, them. yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's a little bit. I don't know if it's mean to Muriel and to the family, but it definitely 
It doesn't romanticize them at all. <laughs> you no. know, if somebody makes a Hollywood movie about you, you want to be played by some celebrities. <laughs> like, if somebody makes a movie about me, you I want to be played by the hottest Helmsworth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to Yeah, you want Thor. Tavis Hemsworth. Tavis is not a name for the final time, Tavis. (laughs) You're missing an R at the very least in that name. I think Muriel and their dad did all right because PJ Hogan did really well. This movie made $80 million in the worldwide box office and was made on a whopping for the time $6 million budget. Wow. So no one got punched. How many is that in Australian dollary dues? <laughs> I think this is in Australian <laughs> currency. It's an actual currency. It's not like our Monopoly money. They're no. all different colors. No, Australian money is the same. We... All of the technology in Canadian money was taken from Australian money. Oh, really? We just took the koala off and put the queen on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they have the queen on theirs, too. Yeah, but she's a koala. (laughs) She's a koala queen. (laughs) The koala queen. (laughs) There's a piece of eucalyptus in her mouth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's great. A little furry crown. I like it. I like it. Um well, she's probably she's old. She's probably as slow moving as a koala right now. Pretty much, yeah. and has syphilis. <laughs> wait, wait, two koalas. I guess. I, yeah, I yeah. It's up, too. Maybe it's not syphilis. It could be chlamydia. But uh, koala chlamydia. Either way, That's if better you sleep at, with a, a koala, little... <laughs> you need to go to a clinic. A koala clinic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. It's just all alliteration in Australia. Isn't it weird how, like, you know, in in Canadian bathrooms, like the change tables are called like koala care or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, koalas full of STDs. You don't want your kid on that. <laughs> what is that? That's just fear mongering of a baby change table. <laughs> no information in this podcast is accurate. So let's continue giving you information. It's 100% accurate. <laughs> about the movie. All right. So. Gabby Milgate played Muriel's sister, the one who says, you're terrible, Muriel. Oh, yeah. She's great. She's so funny. And she was kind of a comedian at the time and did a lot of commercials after this Mm -hmm. as the character in this movie. I think what happened was she got kind of plucked out of nowhere. She auditioned. It was one of her first auditions. And she got it. She didn't expect to get it. And... She rode that bus as long as she could. Well, I th- right to Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first stop in Brisbane. It, that was a short-term bus, and uh, no, she she did take the short-term bus because she quit acting very soon after this. She didn't like it at all. She th- said it was like a slow-moving conveyor belt of doom. Um, she oh really, she really hated the Australian acting scene. Everyone just asked her to like do that voice again and again, and that that thing again and again. And yeah. getting other roles, I think going out for other roles, she found it kind of like a meat grinder. Which, to be fair to Gabby Milgate, it is. But she quit, and now she is working in kind of like you know childcare, social work stuff. Nice. And, uh, and from what she says and from how she purports herself on the show that I watched, she was flanked by two other actresses from the from the movie. She was enjoying herself way more than those two other actresses were. So I feel like she she got out and has a good life. Right. And I'm glad for her. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's shitty how people who are normal looking 
they basically get shit on by yeah. Hollywood. And like the mo- we, you know, it, they're nice. We appreciate a normal looking person in like a Coen Brothers movie <laughs> or like a slice of life realism thing. Yeah. But then we don't give them any other roles. We don't let them be funny on things. No, we're we're judgy. I mean, I think it's getting a little bit better, but yeah, you know, British get, TV is making its influence. I Australia, said. send us your ugly actors. <laughs> Stop with the Hemsworths. Stop with the Bannas, the Jackmans. Oh man, she did do this really funny thing. There was a radio call-in show uh, asking for impressions. And she called in to do her own. And this is this is the story she tells about that. I think Triple M were running a competition where you could ring up and impersonate somebody. And uh, I got onto the producer and they go, who do you do? And I said, oh, the girl from Muriel's wedding says you're terrible, Muriel. Oh, can you do it? You're terrible, Muriel. And oh, there are ten others better than you. Thank you, bye. I kind of hate that. It's sort of like a meme trends thing where, like, voice actors mm-hmm. will, like, go to kids, some of them who are having a tantrum or whatever, and then they'll be like, hey, oh, yeah. I'm Bart Simpson. You saw the shaggy thing. The... Yeah. yeah. But also, like, Matthew Lillard, you're not fucking shaggy. Casey Kasem is shaggy. <laughs> What are, you, what are you shitting on Matthew Lillard for? I, if I was that kid, I would fucking cry harder. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Casey Kasem! <laughs> oh my god, just trying to peel off his mask <laughs> to show Casey Kasem underneath. I know this show. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, Charlie Chaplin did the same thing. He, he, he did a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest and came third. So right, yeah, yeah I've, heard, I've heard about like the, there's lots of stories like that. I, there isn't there one about Cher entering a Cher lookalike contest and losing to a drag queen. <laughs> it seems so right that it seems like a lie. <laughs> it just seems like so appropriate. So the other thing I want to talk about is music in this film. Oh, uh, fuck, Abba was. Big and kind of a laughable band in the 70s and 80s. And their last thing they put out was kind of like a greatest hits in 92. Yeah, Abba Gold. Abba Gold. It was like – because I remember Abba. When I was growing up, you know, because as we've talked about on the show, I liked the rock music and the metal music. Abba was the devil. Yeah. You know, and – their songs were just so cheery and they're lame. Just, they're and, just recorded with such yeah. like bright production values and everybody's so happy. I really hated them. But then at some point, it seemed like the world turned against me. <laughs> the, the, the tide turned in their favor. Now everyone loves ABBA. Like, Old people who had no business like liking ABBA when they first came around are going to see Mamma Mia at some traveling well tour show. Yeah, well, this is the thing. This There's like m- a billion ABBA tribute bands out there, including <laughs> Bab. <laughs> <laughs> the dyslexic ABBA tribute band. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Queen dancing. I was like, what? Stop it, guys. So PJ Hogan really wanted to use ABBA for this movie because he thought it was kind of cheesy that Muriel would like this kind of loser band. Right. Right. She she loved them so much. So he asked ABBA and ABBA said no. Blanket no. Yeah. To, in, to being in any movie, they didn't want to do it. Bjorn was like, 
Release the hounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just the snow hounds with their leashes. Yeah. <laughs> running them down, running the studio execs down. They, they said no because they had had a bad experience with a Swedish filmmaker who said that they wouldn't use the music in the film in a bad way. And then ABBA went to see the movie and their a dancing queen was used in a scene where an old man in a wheelchair was jerking off to a to a stripper. <laughs> the way that it's meant to be heard. <laughs> and I see that girl. Watch her dreams. <laughs> Watch her dreams. I don't know. Watch her dreams just leak away in this movie. And so they were horrified. They bought two bloodhounds <laughs> for future offers. And then PJ Hogan came along and was like, I want to use it. So they were like, no. And then PJ Hogan was like, Find something else to jerk off to. <laughs> and he was like, hey, I need this music. And if I don't get this music, I'm not doing the movie. Ooh. He That was his bottom line. He thought this music was so integral to this movie that he wouldn't do it without it. And he's said that ever since. So whether or not that's true, I don't know. This is like a big budget movie. I don't know if, whether yeah. he can turn it down. So – and it was like one of his first big directing things. So he got a ticket to go to talk to ABBA and the producer faxed their, their offices a copy of the plane ticket and they immediately were like – you can use it. We just don't want to talk to this guy. <laughs> like, don't come. Don't, don't do it. Um, are they, I don't know. They're Swedish. They're sw- I can't do a Swedish accent. That all sounds it's a Swedish com- chef. completely racist. Um, oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> the Muppets warped me. <laughs> you're a racist. You're a Swedish racist. Man. <laughs> you just you just figured that out. I think a lot of Australians are going to take some umbrage with our podcast, too, with our yeah. accents. Yeah. We, I, I don't think we did you right, Michael. Of course, umbrage is a strange, like, Vegemite topping in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's made of yeast. <laughs> it's marshmallow. <laughs> Spread. Pass some more umbrage, please. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put it on the shrimp that we're putting on the barbie. No, that's not a thing. That's they say. Yeah, that is. That's too far, and I'm sorry. They call shrimp prawns. Yes. In Australia. Okay. So it's completely – it's inaccurate and That is offensive. inaccurate. Yeah they, yeah, they have names for everything though and that's kind of why I like Australia. Like they – a lot of countries, they don't name shit. You're like, what is this thing I'm drinking coffee out of? I don't know. <laughs> Australia would have called it something. They would have called it a fuzzery do. <laughs> well, they called ABBA a naff. What? It's it's like a, it's like a band that you don't want to to listen to. They're a bit of a naff. Right. Yeah, like a bit of a like loser. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have to say that the ABBA really works in this movie and I think it does help illustrate their female friendship. Yeah, for sure. Because dancing to ABBA and not caring that is freedom. Mhm. You know? Yeah. Not letting people judge you. And you know what? I have to say I thought I may have changed my stance on ABBA a little bit since the Metal Rob oh, days. Oh, wow. I think they're well-written songs. I think Bjorn is really tight on the bass. <laughs> okay. Sweet. It's just it's just how everybody else likes ABBA that I don't like. So like, just, you know, just right. keep it for this movie. We, there doesn't <laughs> need to be, like, it doesn't need to come at us from all different angles. Yeah, fair enough. 
Aren't they making an ABBA biopic now? Oh, I'm sure they are with the success of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And, uh, and they made a Muriel's Wedding musical. And it's, uh, it's in Australia right now. It's been playing for a couple seasons. And there's a big change in the musical. P.J. Hogan rewrote it. And so this what? is kind of Muriel's Wedding too, because he rewrote it to update it for the Insta age, which is maybe the worst thing. What? Yeah, yeah. It's getting rave reviews, but Muriel now, instead of wants to get married, she still wants to get married a little bit, but she wants to be Insta famous more, which I think is just like a horrible rewrite. No. And then the the thing. DJ. <laughs> And the thing that we loved about this movie, Rob, from the very beginning, the ABBA, the the friendship, the the platcom, if you will, it's ruined. What? What? Yeah. Are you saying that Rachel Griffiths isn't in this musical? <laughs> no, she her character is, but instead of finding that friendship and just that friendship and that just that being okay, the guy comes back. And says, fuck you, DJ. <laughs> I want to marry you. And then all three of them leave in the car. No. Wait, they're a thruple? They're a thruple. I think, I mean, Rhonda's character is into threesomes. Yeah. So. You know. May- hey. Maybe it's a, a poly thing. But it just seems like a wrong thing for the message of this movie. Yeah. Especially in 2019. Muriel don't need no man. She doesn't, no. She doesn't marry that Bryce loser. And everything I thought about P.J. Hogan, I almost said Harvey. <laughs> uh, P.J. Hogan, as a male writer of this female-driven movie, I was like, this is so great and kind of ahead of its time in terms of like male writers. And, and I, I love this. It's like he went he swapped himself from that age to to back into the into the eighties. He he took away all the stuff that was kind of a feminist tone to the to the thing and and, and replaced it with Insta and a guy. I just don't like it. That is disappointing. It's disappointing. Wow. And PJ, I'm disappointed in you. Jeez, Peach. Yes. You blew it. <laughs> you blew it. You had it and you blew it. Just yelling at PJ over the mic. But How many friendships were forged by watching this movie? I think many. People still quote this movie all the time. You're terrible, Muriel. They they they, they even have Muriel's face on bags and mugs and it, people love this movie. Wow. And I can see why. I want let's just after this podcast go back to your place and watch it again. <laughs> And then do another podcast so it can really be rewatchability. Yeah, this is just going to be fair. Muriel's wedding watchability. <laughs> but then, Rob, we might actually form a friendship, and I, I don't know if we can take that risk no. for the podcast's sake. Yeah, yeah we so, shouldn't do that. So. That's basically the only thing that Muriel and Rhonda don't do is start a podcast. That's how they should have updated it for <laughs> the current days. They're yeah, just like, like an ABBA fan podcast? No, yeah, it's like an ABBA fan podcast slash they try to catch serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we think the Brisbane Strangler was maybe me ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Dancing queen. <laughs> now listen to this. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Um, so, Rob, did you think this movie is worth is worth watching later on in life uh, after it came out? Is this, is this worth picking up again? There was only a not clunky term for that. <laughs> yeah, I would watch this movie again. I feel like I would have to have a reason because it's not the sort of movie that's aimed 
necessarily at a gentleman like I. I don't know. Gentleman? There wasn't a lot to attract me to this movie initially, but I do think it's a really good film and it has a lot to say. And, it, yeah. you know, it also it gives like a really nice picture of Australia and Australian life. And like in particular, the family, like that feels very real to me. It's very familiar. And so I think it's it's a yeah. nice all around sort of like surprising film. Yeah. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it mm-hmm. and how much I sort of got taken away with it because, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's called – it's a, I don't, it's about a wedding. Yeah. yeah and, not so into weddings. You know, and yeah. Yeah, yeah I was pleasantly surprised too. I really thought that uh, the acting was great. I loved Toni Collette. She – did a lot for this role. She put on forty pounds, uh, you know, famously for this. Christian role. Bale does that every two weeks. <laughs> he has a problem, Rob. <laughs> um, he's addicted to acting. So she did such a great job. Uh, Rachel Griffiths is is amazing. She's I found, so good. I found all the acting really something in this movie, and was a, a high point uh, of the movie. The cuts of this movie, the judicious cuts. I saw some deleted scenes of this movie and they were kind of, you know, severe. One of them was uh, the swimmer who we kind of start to like by the end of the movie right. being such a dick to Muriel at every turn and being such a horrible human being. And I liked that they pulled that scene out so that we could kind of like him yeah. and feel sad when Muriel left him. So yeah. I, I think there was uh, – this movie made itself better in the editing bay too and – it was such a unique movie. So many things I would things say happen. all movies make themselves better in the editing bay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> like, I enjoy watching hours and hours of just unedited footage. <laughs> but editing it really brings the story together. <laughs> it's like you find it again. In the... Anyway, so I thought that it was, a, it was a great movie and so unique because it, if, it kind of shirked the well-made movie of the Hollywood system and made this really surprising thing where – you know, cancer would pop up and the mother would die in amongst these really funny scenes. And yeah. so it, it, it felt up and down like life. So. That smoldering backyard cracked me up. It cracked me up, but it also made me really, really sad. Why? Like that was her. Oh, right. The, yeah, because the sun wouldn't mow it. So it was just like, well, I'm going to. No, I know. I'm going to burn it all down, including myself. It's And it's the just, mom dies sad. It, I know. It's, 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 really it's sad. very dark. So. I want to thank Michael for making us watch this movie. I, I yeah. thought that I had a really good time watching this movie, and I think it's a gem that everyone's heard about, but maybe not a lot of people have actually watched. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, you, if you're if you looking for a comedy, this is it. This is a good one. Yeah. And I might check out some other Australian gems. Yeah. <laughs> McGurl Girls Watch. <laughs> McGurl Girls Watch. You know. Are you just making up the Australian titles? Yes. <laughs> Koala, chlamydia. <laughs> what about Quigley Down Under? Is that Australian? I think so, yeah. Tom Selleck. Well, Quigley sounds Australian. Down Under sounds Australian unless, you know, it's like an oral sex thing. <laughs> Watch out for that koala chlamydia. <laughs> you can catch it from that. So thank you so much, Michael, for uh, going to patreon.com uh, slash rewatchability and supporting us and letting us do a movie of your choice. This is great. And thank you so much to our other supporters on Patreon. Thank you so much for listening. If only you could give a blank check on Patreon. <laughs> no, don't do it. No, don't do it. it. <laughs> don't send us that. We'll, we'll take exactly $12,000 and use it to not buy makeup. 
So if you want, if you can't give a blank check, you can also just rate us on iTunes, sorry, on Apple Podcasts, and you can talk to us on Facebook and Twitter, and you can tell a friend about our show. That's that's mostly what we want. Mm-hmm. So uh, so thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you down under. Is that what? I, I don't know. Are you talking about oral sex? <laughs> <laughs> 